Amen. Amen. And so, yeah, you might wonder, well, what are you going to talk about if you only had a couple of days, if one day, to prepare? Well, I, I thank God that he, he speaks to me on other days, just, just for the record, okay? It's not just when I'm on the calendar to preach or something like that. And so I really do believe that I have a word for you. But more than that, it's actually a word for myself as well. You know, every year we have a, a word that God gives the church. And last year the word was kingdom. Kingdom was the word last year that we really uh, wrapped our hearts around. And, and how important was that in the year 2020 to focus on the kingdom of God, right? There's a lot of distractions out there. There's still a lot of distractions out there. And, and for us to focus in on the kingdom and what God is doing. You know, I praise God that all of you showed up here this morning just to, to worship the Lord. I mean, this shows me that, that God is doing something in this season. God is on the move. He is, he is moving. And uh, so, yes, we had a word for the church. Pastor Aaron does want me to make sure that it's clear. The word for the church in 2020 is not 21 and over it. Okay, that was last year's, that is not the banners that we're going to get and everything. We'll, we'll share some of that on, on Mission Sunday. But with that in mind, I do have to share with you that the Lord gives me a word every year personally. And I thought as one of your pastors, one of the best ways that I could help you and equip you is to model for you how God speaks to me. And, and I think it's so important that every single one of us hears from the Lord. Amen. Yeah, every single one of us. Could you imagine right now if it's not just me that hears from the Lord, but every single person with a butt in every single seat would hear from the Lord today? How much more powerful is that? How much more would the church be built up and effective as well? And so the word last year, which was kind of funny, God spoke to me. And you can ask my wife. I mean, it was very clear the very beginning of the year was Sabbath year. How funny, right? When March hit and everybody was quarantined, and everybody else told me, they're like, oh, Sabbath, that means rest, for the record. It means rest and worship. So Sabbath was the day that we would rest and that we would worship. And, and so the Lord talked to me about having a Sabbath year. Well, while everybody else went home and quarantined, I have to be honest with you, everybody was telling me, they're like, I got nothing to do. I'm at home for a pastor. My workload went through the roof. People were sick in body. We had no idea how to navigate. No one's ever been in this position that we have as a church in America right now to navigate these times. There were people asking very difficult questions. Uh, there were bedsides that me and Pastor Aaron both had to gown up, put our masks on, and be beside somebody as they're dying. So while everybody else is thinking rest, right, for me, I had to fight for Sabbath, Okay, I had to fight for those things. And sometimes when God gives you a word, you know, we like those vision Sundays. We're like, what's the Lord saying for the church? What's 2021 going to look like? And when I got Sabbath year, I'm thinking like, oh, man, God's going to give me rest this year. But you know what? I had to fight for rest. I had to fight for it. And, and, and maybe that's that's how God works in your life as well. But one of the best ways that I can help to equip the church is in Ephesians 4, that, that I would equip the saints for serving God, for serving and the work of the ministry. And so my hope today for you is that as I share my heart, I'm going to be open and honest with you and, and tell you about my issues, some of my problems, and don't worry, <laughs> it's going to be PG. But as I think about even the word that God gave me, you know, it's funny because I prayed for patience a couple years ago. 
and I got my son gray. And I'm for real, I'm not joking, I started getting gray hairs once I had my son gray. I'm not even kidding, that's just how it works. But the word that God gave me this year is, is listen. So again, I need to be very clear, this is not the word that, that we're sensing for the church as a whole, as a body, but this is the word that God has put on my heart. And let me show you why. Revelations 2.17, this is the word that God really, the verse that God really shared with me. It says, whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who is victorious, I will give some of the hidden manna. What's amazing about this, I love how God does this, is right around New Year's, God gave me this verse for myself, for myself. Last week, if you remember, Pastor Aaron shared this verse last week. I was like, wow, what a coincidence, right? And so I hear this word, and I'm like, wow, that, I really got to keep letting that stir the next morning, our district youth director, Lee Rogers, shares a Monday motivation at 10 a.m. on Facebook. I got on there, and he opens up his Bible to Revelation chapter 2, verse 17. Do you think God's trying to speak to me? Okay? That's how God works. He confirms his word many times in our lives. And you know, Jesus was the only one who ever said this. Whoever has ears, let them hear. Now, I'm looking around the room right now, and everybody that I can see currently has ears. Okay, but there's a difference between having ears and hearing. Am I right? There, there's a difference in that. You know, I really truly believe that as this verse has said, that the victorious ones, the ones who will overcome, the ones who will be victorious in this next season are the ones that hear what the Spirit is saying. You know, most people are able to hear, but very few are capable of really listening. I want to take you to 1 Samuel chapter 3, if you would open up your Bibles to there, and we're going to just camp out in that section for a second. You know, Jesus himself said, my sheep would know my voice. My sheep would know my voice. And I want to show you a picture of, of listening. And, and as I share this, I'm going to share a couple of things that, that really God has been stirring in me personally. So you can keep me accountable, okay? <laughs> so if, I not, if I'm not listening, you, you tell me, all right? 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. Listen to this. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. Now, it goes on there to say that, that it was nighttime, and Eli, who was his predecessor, who was the high priest at that time, it says that his vision was not very good. And, and so that night, he's laying down, Samuel's laying down, and it says the lamp of the Lord had not yet gone out yet. So there was a lamp in the temple, basically, that, that they had to keep burning all the time. And it says that the lamp hadn't gone out yet. Basically, Samuel's job at that time was to keep that lamp lit from the evening until the morning. And so he, he lays down, the other one lays down. And, and so as they, as they lay down, all of a sudden, Samuel hears his, his name called out. Samuel! So he jumps up out of where he's laying, and he runs over to Eli. Here I am! And Eli's like, like I am when my son runs into my bedroom, go back to bed, right? Go back to bed. Samuel, go back to bed. He lays back down. A second time this happens, he hears the word, Samuel, Samuel, right? And he jumps up and he's like, all right, Eli, I'm here. He runs over to his bed and, and Eli's like, go back to bed. What are you doing? But then in verse eight, we see something. First Samuel chapter three, verse eight. A third time the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling to the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down, and if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. 
So Samuel went down and laid down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling as the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. I just want to talk to you about this idea of the Lord speaking and, and us listening. But more than that, you know, the, the great commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. You know, I find that there's a horizontal component of love, and then there's a vertical component of love as well. And it's the same with listening. You know, it was Paul Tillich. He's a German philosopher and theologian. He said, the first duty of love is to listen. We need to know how to listen to God and listen to people. And I don't think I really need to share this, but I will. I think we're terrible at that in our society. I think we're terrible at that in our politics. I think we're terrible at that in our relationships and even sometimes in the church. But if you're taking notes this morning, I'm going to share with you four things. Four things that God is revealing to me about developing listening skills. Four different things. And the first one is this. Pay attention. Pay attention. You know, I shared some of this word on Thursday with the youth. And uh, I have to say that a little louder. <laughs> pay attention, right? They're like laying, there, laying out. I said, pay attention. So what's, what's so important about that is body language. I can tell which of you are listening to me by your body language, right? None of you have dozed off yet. But I, I, know, I know from the body language, if somebody is being attentive and they're focusing in and they're actually paying attention, right? One of the greatest gifts that you can have with another person is your time and all of your attention so that they know that you are fully present and that they are being heard. Have you ever talked to somebody and it's almost like they've got headphones on, kind of like those headphones, and, and you're talking to them, but there's nothing going in, right? Their eyes are like glazed over and everything, and you're like, you're not paying attention. You know, early in our marriage, I, I, I'll be honest, we were terrible at this, me and my wife. Like, I would talk with her, and I could tell her, her eyes glazed over, and, and I said, did you hear what I said? And she would repeat it back verbatim, right? Yeah, you said da-da-da-da-da. I said, yeah, you, you heard me, but were you listening, Right? For the record, it was the opposite way too. <laughs> like, it was probably more on my end for the, for the record. But, but the idea of being attentive and actually being involved in the conversation, and it's the same way vertically too. Are you being attentive to the Lord? Are you being attentive to what Jesus is saying? You know, it, back in 2004, the day after Christmas, there was a great tsunami. M many of you may remember this, uh, out in the Indian Ocean. And actually it was a 9.1, the third ever, largest ever recorded earthquake happened under the sea, 9.1 on the Richter scale. There was this massive wave that erupted from that and hit the shore. It was 100 feet tall. By the time it hit the shore, it was 100 feet tall, and it was traveling at 500 miles per hour. As, as you can definitely understand, over 227,000 people lost their lives that day, all because of that wave. But there was another people group that was living in that area. They're called the Mokins. Actually, this people group, it's a tribal group that actually lives out on the water. They're actually out on the water more than they are on land. And they actually get land sickness. So you know how we get seasick, right? Whenever they come to the land, they actually get land sickness. It's, that's how much time they spend on the water. Those Mokin people, zero people lost their lives that day. Zero. A photographer was there, and he was taking pictures of them, when, but right before the tsunami came, and all of a sudden, many of the Mokan people started to cry. See, they recognized that the birds had stopped chirping, 
The cicadas were silent, the elephants were heading to high ground, and even the dolphins were swimming out farther to sea. Those that were close to the coast, the Mokans that were close to the coast, they got off their boats and they went up to high ground. The ones that were further out went even further out to sea. See, they understood that it was just one little small wave that went by. Can you imagine that? They could tell because they were so acquainted with the water that their, their attention was focused on all these things while everybody else was busy doing everything else. They were focused on something different. And the second one small little ripple went by, they knew something was happening. It's a powerful picture, but what could we be missing if we're not listening? Distractions are everywhere. You know, Sabbath year was my word for last year, and I went to the cabin more last year than ever before, uh, because at the cabin, I don't get cell service. We don't get internet. It's beautiful. I I love you guys, but I had to turn you off, okay? Like, there's there's just a time where I I just need to get away, and I needed to rest, and there's a difference in that, in those moments where I get to know my family, I get to know my kids, uh, I get to know my wife in a deeper way. You know, I'm very attentive to my wife's needs, and when she walks in, for the record, you can tell her that. So I'm very attentive to my wife's needs, but as she walks in the door sometimes, I can tell by the look on her face, right, when I'm attentive, ugh, they're not getting on her bad side today, right? You know those people, you know, don't look at them, they're not next to you. But... They walk in, and and she could come in here today, have the same look on her face, but you have no idea how she feels. It's because I know her. I'm acquainted with her. I'm like the the moking people with the water or, or like the Christian should be with the God of the universe, with Jesus. I know my wife's attitudes and emotions so well that I've become attentive to her, to see her thoughts and her emotions have deeper meaning. You know, 1 Samuel chapter 3, we started off with that first verse that says the, Lord, the word of the Lord was rare in that day. There weren't many visions. You know, I don't, I don't think per se that, that God wasn't speaking. I just believe that the people weren't hearing. It said that the lamp was going to go out, which means that it was spiritually dark during that time. Lamps weren't supposed to go out. And so it was a dark time spiritually for the Israelites. It's not that God isn't talking. It's that the people weren't listening or they didn't know how to listen. See, 1 Samuel 3, 7, we didn't read this yet, but now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. So Josephus, which is an early church um, historian, he, he believes that Samuel was about 12 years old, okay? So Samuel is 12 years old, and he had not yet, like, understood the, how to hear the Lord. And so Eli, it took three times, but finally Eli realizes the Lord is, is speaking to Samuel, You know, today, we don't have an excuse for the Lord not speaking. Amen? Got pretty quiet there. We don't have an excuse for the Lord not speaking. We certainly have to be attentive to the right things, just like those Mokin people. The second thing, if you're taking notes, though, is focus on understanding. And again, I'm just sharing with you, like, this is just what God is downloading on my heart. So I'm being totally honest. Like, these are things I need to work on. This is what God is speaking to me in this season. Focus on understanding. Make your goal understanding rather than just remembering facts. Proverbs 18.2. I swear that was written this year. Fools find no pleasure in understanding, but delight in airing their own opinions. (laughs) Blast that on social media, right? Actually, the, the message translation says, fools care nothing for thoughtful discourse. All they do is run off at the mouth. 
wow, right? Put that all over social media. <laughs> it's almost like, it's crazy. That was written 3,000 years ago. It's almost like God knew where we were going to be right now. You know, I have to be honest, especially after Wednesday, with everything that's going on right now, the first thought that went through my mind was, I've got something to say. I've got something to say. This is ridiculous. It's, it's a mess, okay? Here's, here's something extremely important. Meanings are not in words. They're in people. Meanings are not in words. They're in people. See, you, like I've said before, you could read this entire book and not know the author of the book. That's important. You know, you can always tell, like, the deeper meanings of, of somebody's life when you begin to, to get to know them. I think it's so important, uh, just like Job. He said, surely I spoke about things I did not understand. This is at the end. Verse, uh, chapter 41 of Job, after he's been through all kinds of terrible things, he said, surely... I spoke about things I did not understand. My ears had heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. Basically, like, like I've heard about you, God, but, but now I've experienced you. Now I've been with you. Now I've spent time with you. Again, I'm, I'm being open here. This is what God has downloaded into my heart, and I want you to hear this exact phrase that he gave me. Treat people as individuals and not as members of a group. It will help keep you from stereotyping. Right, left, Trump, Biden, black, white, right? We, we view something like that happened on Wednesday. What did we do right away? Who were those people? What group were they a part of? You know what? Those were some individuals that made some really bad decisions. That's as far as I'm going to go with that. But they're individuals. They made choices. They made decisions, and each one of you are individuals. I could look out here and say Christians nowadays, right? Christians. But you just, you just grouped me in with a whole group of people that, that you're, you're basing your opinion of me off of how somebody else reacted to you. We're individuals. We're individual people. Charles Spurgeon said this, A man who wants to see a country must not hurry through it by express train. But he must stop in the towns and villages and see what is to be seen. He will know more about the land and its people if he walks the highways, when he climbs the mountains, when he stays in the homes, and when he visits the workplaces. It's the same getting to know people. You need to get to know them. Hear their heart. Don't label them one thing or the other. You, you, you get to know a person and focus on understanding. It's the same in our relationships. Now for these last two here, I had shared a bunch of this on Thursday with the youth, but God really um, prompted me. And oftentimes, this is how God speaks to me. He'll, he'll give me a word, and, and he'll kind of begin to unpack, and then it begins to percolate, and, and then he kind of reveals some more things. And, and that's how God works in our lives. It, the Lord orders our steps, okay? Sometimes we want to know the whole map and find out where we're going, but the Lord orders our steps. And so he begins to reveal these things. And so when... Samuel, in this portion of Scripture, says, Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Well, what did the Lord say? Let's look at it here for a second. And the Lord said to Samuel, See, I am about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. At that time, I will carry out against Eli everything I spoke against his family from beginning to end. 
For I told him that I would judge his family forever because of the sin he knew about. His sons blasphemed God, and he failed to restrain them. Therefore, I swore to the house of Eli, the guilt of Eli's house will never be atoned for by sacrifice or offering. That's harsh. I have to be honest. This is what the word the Lord spoke to me as I read that. I didn't read the whole way through. I stopped. And, and I said, no, this is kind of getting harsh here. I don't know if I really want to read the rest of this. And, and as I'm reading that, the Lord said, don't interrupt. That's the third thing. You can write that down. Vertical relationships and horizontal relationships. Don't interrupt. And I have to be honest with you, this is, I am so bad at this. <laughs> I am so bad at this. See, when I talk with people, like, I always want to finish their sentences. Like, let's get to the end of, I know what you're about to say, so then I can say what I need to say. We can move forward in this. You know, studies actually show show that most people speak about 180 words a minute, but they can only listen 300 to 500. They can listen 300 to 500 words per minute. So that's why when I'm talking with you and we get to a certain point, your eyes start to glaze over and your head goes back, right? Because what are you doing? You're thinking about something else. You're thinking about lunch already or you're thinking about what you have to do this week. It's because your mind can move faster than your mouth. Have you ever been somebody who like, you're trying to get your words out, but like you can't get them out, right? And Alicia's like, yeah, that's my wife. I have to like put together her sentences because all the words are, she's not in this service, so I can say that. We need to let somebody get their full thought out, right? We need to let them get their full thoughts out. Uh, studies show that there are three reasons why people interrupt. They don't value what the other person has to say. They want to impress others by showing how smart they are. Basically, they want to be impressive and interesting when we should be impressed and interested. They're too excited by the conversation to let the other person finish talking. Now, I have to be honest, that, that's me, okay? Like, I get really excited about a conversation, and, and, and I just don't let the person finish. I shared this word with Pastor Aaron and Val in our staff meeting on Tuesday, and as we were talking, I interrupted Pastor Aaron. They both looked at me, and I said, I did it. Oh, no, I'm sorry. You know, it's just... But if I have a word from the Lord that I can hold on to, I realize that God is speaking to me and I need to deal with some of these things. People who are self-focused and who talk about themselves and their concerns all the time rarely develop strong relationships. Rarely. Think about this, okay? Jesus, the Son of God, he never interrupted nobody. (laughs) In fact, in Scripture, it says that he knew what people were thinking in their hearts. And so, so he knows what you're thinking already right now. Like, he could look out here right now. He knows what each of you are thinking, and he could already respond. He'd be like, I rebuke you. I rebuke you. I correct you, right? Like, no, what did Jesus do? He let them finish their, their conversation. In fact, he continued the conversation by asking a question. You look how many times Jesus actually answered somebody's question. I mean, how annoying would it be to be the disciples sometimes? Like, God, what are you doing? Well, what do you think I'm doing? <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> One of those things, but, but that's, how, that's how it must have felt. But what he was doing was he was allowing you to speak and process things and understand things in your heart. You know, we can interrupt God too. Let me give you an example, and I'm not going to judge you at the end of this service, okay, just for the record. But how many times does a service end and God is speaking to you? God is saying something to your heart. You know he is. 
you pack up, fold up, you get out of here, and you go to lunch. When there are people standing here ready to pray, what, what would two minutes really do? Two minutes to just come to, come to the front and have God speak a word to you or just pray about something and get some clarity? Again, like, I, I get it. We, we have things, we're busy, there are a lot of things happening, but we do the same thing in Scripture. At the beginning of the year, and, and I applaud you for this, many people start like the, the Bible in a year plan, and then they start to read through the Bible. But I want to encourage you, don't hurry through Scripture, but pause for the Lord to speak to you. Pause for the Lord to speak to you. Even if it's one verse, take that verse, ponder over it, meditate on it. You know, when it says meditate in the word, it's like, like a cow chewing the cud, right? It chews it, chews it, it goes down, and then it comes back up, and then it chews it again. And that's what we're supposed to do with the word, and, and just dig into that. Don't hurry through scripture. But this is the last one that I want to just spend a little time on here. Check your emotions. Check your emotions. If we move on in this story, 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 15 and 16, Samuel lay down until morning and then opened the doors of the house of the Lord. Listen to this. He was afraid to tell Eli the vision. But Eli called him and said, Samuel, my son, Samuel answered, here I am. He was afraid. Proverbs 16.2 says, all a person's ways, this is important, all a person's ways seem pure to them, but motives are weighed by the Lord. You realize that you listen through a filter? Your emotions. When you come into a situation, you carry your emotional baggage with you. We do the same thing with the Lord. We do the exact same thing with the Lord. We carry our emotions, our anger, our frustrations, and we carry that all to the Lord. He can take it. He's big enough to take it. But just, and I'm not saying don't have those emotions. I'm not saying, like, be emotionless, like, not, not care about anything. No, what I'm saying is just realize, recognize that you're dealing with those emotions when you go into it. When you go into a conversation with somebody. I remember when, when me and my wife first got together, I carried emotional baggage from a previous relationship into it. It's just what we do. Every time we come in, there's, you have to just recognize, you know what, I'm filtering this through these kinds of emotions. God knows where your heart is. You know, people generally see what they look for and they hear what they listen for. During that time, actually, what the Mokan people who all their lives were spared, there were Burmese fishermen as well that were in the same exact area. Burmese fishermen. They were in the same exact area with the same people and by the same boats and all these different things. And every single one of them lost their lives. They're not not paying attention to the things that the Mokans are paying attention to, right? Actually, we shared in one of our life groups uh, an awesome illustration. There was an entomologist, somebody who studies bugs, who was walking down the street with his friend. And as they were walking, it was a busy street, busy intersection, cars flying by, people honking, people shouting. Uh, It was just really loud. And all of a sudden, he turns to his friend. He says, did you hear that cricket? It's like, cricket? It's like, no, how can you hear a cricket and all of this? And he said, well, people listen what they, they, they hear what they listen for. He goes, watch. And he took out a bunch of change from his pocket and he let it all sprinkle. And everybody turned around like this, right? Everybody's looking for the money. <laughs> People hear what they listen for, right? That's just, that's how we are. 
Most people don't look beyond their own experience when dealing with others. They tend to see other people and events in the context of their own position, their own background, and their own circumstances. You know your attitude towards people is one of the most important choices you will ever make. Your attitude. How you respond to people can make or break a relationship. How you respond to God can make or break your relationship. You know, I shared a bunch of this with the youth on, um, I shared a bunch of this with the youth on Thursday, but for you specifically, church, God really wants me to ask you this challenging question. Are you truly willing to receive a hard word? If you look at that word, I mean, imagine Samuel, a 12-year-old, okay? He gets a word, his first word he ever hears from, the God, from God is about Eli and his family, that his whole house is going down. I mean, that's, that's hard. Eli goes on to say, what was it that he said to you, Eli said? Don't hide it from me. May God deal, deal with you, be it ever so severely, if you hide from me anything he told you. So Samuel told him everything, hiding nothing from him. Then Eli said, he is the Lord. Let him do what is good in his eyes. Are you willing to say that? In the midst of everything that's happening right now, in the midst of all the chaos that's going on, he is the Lord. Let him do what is good in his eyes. You know, it's really, really sad that, that Eli's family came down to this place where they had not repented, they had not um, dealt with their sin and their problems. And he, he said earlier, he said that, um, that his, that stuff will never be atoned for by a sacrifice or an offering. This is the old covenant. They would bring in the sacrifice and they'd slay an animal up here. And I'm glad we don't do that because I'm no butcher, I'll tell you that. But... That's the way that they would do this, but we have a better, a new, and a lasting covenant through Jesus. And, and what he did on the cross, shedding his blood for us, for our remission of sins, is incredible. There is a such thing as apostasy, a, a falling away, as it were, in Scripture. It says multiple times. I mean, that's why Jesus is talking to these churches in Revelation. That's what he's saying. Like, the ones who stand firm, the ones who will hear what the Spirit is saying, the ones who continue to follow after what God is doing. Because here's what's happening is sometimes as we've, we tolerate sin and we allow these things into our life and then we tolerate a little bit more and then we tolerate a little bit more and all of a sudden our relationship is broken with the Lord. It's, it's a hard word sometimes to say that. You know, when you look at a nation, when you look at, at all these different things, God gives us time to, to prepare. He gives us time to do these things and, and, and repent and to turn from our wicked ways. And it really has everything to do with what are you doing with my son Jesus? So pay attention, focus on understanding, don't interrupt and check your emotions. Are you willing to receive a hard word? There's a lot of words being spoken right now by a lot of people. I've heard a lot of prophets um, and some so-called prophets. And it's hard to kind of 
figure out what's happening. And, and I believe that, that the Lord is, is speaking to me personally about what's happening. And I'm not ready to really share with you what, what that is because I don't fully know. I believe God's giving it to me in stages, in, in, in steps. But are you willing to receive a hard word? All last year, I had to deal with some hard things. There were some things that I had to look back at myself and realize what a mess I was in the midst of it all. In the, my wife reminded me about this after the first service, but when my wife was first diagnosed with breast cancer, uh, we were praying together fervently about it. And of course, we were getting together with people and we were praying for her healing. And um, there was a lot of people praying for her healing. And I remember there was a moment where the Lord confirmed his word in our lives and what he was speaking to me and my wife before anything else transpired was that she would get better, but it would be after a process. Now, I love those moments of initial healing and bam, there, there it is. Like she got healed. She went in. The MRI showed there's nothing. That was not our experience. We continue to pray for healing. You always continue to pray for healing until the dying breath. You pray, God, if it's your will, would you heal them? But God was very clear with us, and we didn't share that with many people because we, it, it almost sounds like a lack of faith. No, it's the word of the Lord to me and my wife was we're about to go through it. We're about to go through it right now. And we, we just we had to deal with that. I remember when she got whisked away and, and taken back into the surgery, the first double mastectomy, when she had that done, I remember that was the first moment that I, I didn't have any more control over the situation. Like, like before I was in the doctor's room and I was saying, this is what we want done and you're going to go through me, <laughs> right? But in that moment, I didn't have control anymore. And I remember walking out and I was crying and my, my mother-in-law was crying as well. And uh, she came to me and she said, Chris, I was really believing for healing. I was believing that God was going to heal her. I, I, I really, truly believe that God could do it. And why is this happening? And, and I'm, that's not a bad thing. She, she, she prays fervently. She'll pray for you for healing as well. But I said to her, you know, I just remember the story of Lazarus, where I feel like we're Mary and Martha sitting here right now going like, God, you missed it. God, you missed it. You missed your, your opportunity, Lord. Maybe you're feeling that way about our nation. God, God, you missed it. You missed your opportunity. We're at Jesus' feet like, you missed it. What are you doing, Lord? And what did Jesus say to them? No, this happened so that I'd be further glorified. Are, are you willing to receive a hard word from the Lord? Would you, would you say like Eli did, like whatever's good in your eyes, Lord? That, that's what we want. Like I said, this is, I'm just sharing with you my heart of what I believe God is speaking to me in this season, and the reason why I'm doing that, and you can keep me accountable. Stop me from interrupting you. Chris, you're interrupting again. <laughs> you do that, okay? But God is speaking that word to me, but my hope out of this message is that you would listen for the Lord. You would hear what he's speaking to you in your individual circumstances, in your individual family, in your relationships, what he's speaking to you about our nation, what he's speaking to you about the presidency. He'll speak to you, okay? He will speak to you. Maybe it's through other people. He'll confirm his word as he's done for me a number of times. But I just want to pray for you here this morning that, that God would confirm something in you, maybe something you've been praying about, maybe a word that God's been stirring in your heart. Somebody came to me after the first service, told me a word that they felt like God was stirring in their heart. 
it's, it's awesome. Awesome. So would you bow your heads and close your eyes? And, and I, in this moment, I do want to encourage you. You've got freedom. If you want to pray out, you can pray out. You're more than welcome. If you feel comfortable, you can come to an altar. You don't have to. You can kneel down where you're at. It's entirely up to you, okay? But I just want to pray for you right now. And this is my prayer. That speak, Lord. Your servants are listening. Lord God, we thank you, Lord, for your word, which is alive and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. God, it's piercing our hearts even now. And, and even now, Lord, I believe I can sense your Holy Spirit just beginning to work in different areas of our lives, Lord, beginning to reveal some things, believing, also closing some doors. I believe that even right now, Lord, that there's somebody in this house that, Lord, you're telling them to finally close the door for the last time. Close the door. God, I thank you, Lord, that even now that you're solidifying something that before felt liquid and, and moving in their lives, I believe even now, Lord, you want to confirm your word and you want to solidify what you're doing in their hearts. God, I thank you, Lord, that we can pray for healing and we can believe for healing. God, I, I thank you, Lord, that you continue to heal even today. Lord, we're asking that you would speak to us. And Lord, we're going to work on being attentive. God, we want to pay attention to you. We want to understand you. God, we don't want to interrupt what you're doing. God, we definitely don't want to grieve your Holy Spirit. And God, right now, we do a emotions heart check. Not, not for your sake, Lord, but for ours to recognize, Lord, what are we filtering in our lives today that's blocking us from listening to you? God, for the person that's in here that has been questioning their relationship with Jesus, I pray right now, Lord, you would solidify the truth in their heart. That they would accept you, Lord, as their Lord and their Savior. That they would say, Lord, you are Lord. Do what you see is good. Jesus, we, we open ourselves up to you. God, we're listening for your voice.